Atmosphere Church podcast. On behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this service. We pray that it will touch your heart and change your life. In addition to bringing you today's service, we want to make ourselves available to you in any way we can. If you need prayer or just someone to talk with, please send us an email to info at atmosphere.church. Someone from our team will be sure to connect with you. We have already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life God has called you to live. Enjoy the message. As you can see from that video, our series is called Follow Me. We're looking at this phrase that Jesus often said himself in the Gospels. So I'm going to pray this and we're going to jump in to our new series this morning. Father, I just thank you so much for the lives that were changed last week during our Easter service. And I pray, God, for the lives that are going to be changed in this service. I pray, Father, that anybody that is discouraged today, that's a little anxious today, God, that you would just give your life-giving spirit and give them love, give them peace, give them hope this morning. And I just thank you in advance for how you're going to use this message to encourage us, edify us, and even possibly correct us. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Well, let's talk about this idea of follow me because, you know, uh, I think social media has changed this meaning for most of us. You know, when we think of followers, we immediately think of social media platforms like Instagram, right? Just a little quiz for you. Do you know who has the most followers on Instagram these days? Well, I compiled a, a list thanks to Wikipedia of our 10 most followed accounts on Instagram. So the first one doesn't count. That's Instagram, uh, you know, itself. But the first top one is actually a soccer player, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, 213 million followers, followed by Ariana Grande. She's a actress and singer. Uh, the Rock, that kind of surprised me. He's up there, 179 million, uh, the third most followed person uh, on Instagram. Then Selena Gomez, and then rounding out the top 10, this is what was funny to me, is National Geographic. That's kind of funny. But see, you, you follow someone on Instagram, you, you friend someone on, on Facebook, but I realize that not all these people on Facebook are my friends. Let's be honest. Uh, most of them are acquaintances. Uh, and well, some of them might even be my enemies. I don't know. I, I think sometimes like they're just waiting. Uh, some of these people are waiting for me to put up a dumb post and they're just right there to put a little snarky comment to it. But this is what I love about Facebook is if somebody posts something uh, to my post, I can just hit delete. And it feels pretty good to be able to do that. And um, I realize that somebody that likes my picture on Instagram or retweets my tweet isn't really my follower. Uh, I think Jesus has a lot of followers and friends that are more like people on Instagram and, and Facebook than they ought to be in real life. And this is why we want to talk about this whole series, Follow Me. Throughout history, it's been clear that Jesus has always been one of the most admired 
admired figures. Uh, this is an interesting Time Magazine on their cover story on the 100 most significant figures in human history. Jesus was numero uno, followed by Napoleon, then William Shakespeare, and then Abraham Lincoln and George Washington uh, made the top five list. And poll after poll from different surveys, Jesus continues to be identified as one of the most widely admired heroes in the history of the world. I think that's good in a way, but here's the thing. We admire Jesus, we look up to Jesus, but he didn't ask us to be his admirers. He asked us to be his followers. And at the end of his famous Sermon on the Mount, this is very sobering. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter seven. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Jesus is saying a lot of people state my name, but they don't really know me. They're not really my followers. And so... We want to unpack this. We want to look at this idea. And so the best way we can do this is go back to the Gospels where Jesus gave us the instruction to follow him. So let's go to Matthew chapter 4. And we're going to jump around. I'm going to give you several different scriptures. You might want to write these down so you can read them later. But in Matthew chapter 4, it says this, it says, now as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Another person that Jesus called in Matthew chapter nine, verse nine, it says, Jesus left that place. And as he walked along, he saw a tax collector named Matthew sitting in his office. And he said to him, follow me. And Matthew got up and he followed him. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. All these times he said, follow me, it, it was meant to say you're going to pursue my way, not your way. And, and this is uh, a good thing for us to remember is that the early uh, Christians, those early first uh, century followers of Jesus, they were, they were referred to as the way. So when people would think of Christians, they would call them the way because they knew that they were following a certain way of life. So a lot of us remember this when we were kids, right? We did follow the leader. I'm sure you did. I know I did a lot. Uh, it's funny, my friend Dale and I, we loved BMX bikes. I mean, we were those 80s kids, you know, just like on uh, Stranger Things. I mean, we rode our bikes everywhere. So very often we do follow the leader. And what we would do is we would do little tricks and then whoever was following had to do the same trick. See, this is what Jesus is after. He's after not just to be our savior. He's after us to follow him in the way of life that he lived. He is after us doing 
the things that he did. Very often he would teach his disciples. And the reason he would teach them is so that they can go out and do the things that he was instructing them to do. So to be a follower meant that you had to leave your way and follow the way of your rabbi or the way of your teacher. This wasn't just you know, uh, for Jesus. Uh, any rabbi during first century times, they would have disciples. They were followers. So they would leave their jobs. They would leave their families. They would leave their stuff and they would just go after the rabbi that they were being discipled by. And Jesus isn't necessarily asking us to leave our careers, leave our families, leave our stuff. He's asking us to leave our way of living that is centered on ourselves and to pursue a new way of living that is completely centered on him. It was an invitation to this way of life. Now, a few weeks ago, I, I told you guys I had a revelation with this pandemic uh, and I thought was, at, at first I go, is this me or is this God? But I, I've gotten so much feedback from mentioning this a couple of weeks ago. I know this is from the Lord. That, you know, three months ago, if somebody were to have mentioned Jesus coming back, we would have just probably shrugged it off and put it on the back burner, or maybe even ignored it. But I think, this pandemic has really caused us to wake up to the reality that it's been there the whole time. We just kind of put it on the back burner that Jesus is coming back. I mean, 23 out of the 27 New Testament books of our Bible mentions the return of Christ. And I think this idea of follow me is so important for us to understand that not everybody that says they are a follower of Jesus is genuinely a follower. Now, in this whole gospel of Matthew, I find it very sobering when the disciples in Matthew chapter 24 are asking Jesus about the end of the world. And, and I'll put the verse up, Matthew chapter 24, verse three. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him privately and said, tell us when will all this happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? Now, after they say this, Jesus goes on and tells them three parables or he tells them three stories and uses metaphors for the end of the world. And each one of these stories had a common uh, denominator or common theme message. And that common theme message was, there are gonna be people that are not ready. And you should take this whole warning as a way to wake you up to be ready. Talked about, you know, the, the 10 virgins, and he talks about the parable of the talents, and he talks about the, the wise steward and the unwise stewards. These are parables to give us a common theme message, and that is there are gonna be people that say they are a part of the kingdom of God, but when the Son of God returns, they're gonna be caught unprepared and not ready. And this is interesting to me. So in the same passage in Matthew chapter 25, 
starting at verse 31, Jesus, again, he's speaking to his disciples. This is what he says. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Now, this imagery may just kind of be odd for us, but for first century Jews that are listening to him, especially his disciples, they understand exactly what Jesus was saying. Because really, the, one of the only places in the world, even to this day, where flocks are, uh, you know, goats and sheep are combined in a flock is Israel. So this was a common practice to have both goats and sheep kind of mingling together and for shepherds to have to go and separate the sheep from the goats for whatever various activities they needed to separate them for. So Jesus is given this imagery to say at the end of the age, at the end of the world, there are going to be people that are going to be in the flock. They think they're a part of the flock, but there's going to come a moment in that season where the Son of God is going to take the sheep and he's going to separate them out and they're going to go to the right and the goats are going to go to the left. Now, later on, we don't have time to go into the story. He compares the sheep to the righteous people and the goats to the unrighteous people. And this is what I want to say. And I want to say it this way. You can be part of the flock without being a sheep. You can be part of the flock without being a sheep. So let me just kind of tell you a little of the differences for those of you that don't know much about goats and sheep. I had sheep when I was a little boy. We took them to 4-H and, you know, uh, we had, uh, uh, we showed them in the fair and I, I have some funny pictures. Uh, I don't have them ready to show you, uh, but I've shown them before. But uh, on that front, sheep are just so much different than goats. I mean, not only do they look different on the out outside, internally, they're different. Uh, I found this interesting that internally that goats have 60 chromosomes, whereas sheep have 54 chromosomes. So even though externally there's some differences uh, in a flock, it may be a little bit harder to distinguish the external, circum uh, the, the external uh, differences. Internally, they're way different. Here's another fun fact. Diet. Sheep are grazers. Goats are browsers. Sheep like to put their head down and just graze on some nice grass and nice meadow. But goats are browsers. If you ever been around a goat, I mean, the goat will eat your clothes right off your, your skid. I mean, they don't care. They will eat whatever is in front of them. They will eat garbage if you give them access to garbage. Uh, another difference between sheep and goats is their social structure. Goats, uh, they have a hierarchy. Uh, they'll be a top goat. You know, in, in goat dome, you know, there, there's the top goat. And, and very often what goats will do to di uh, discover the, the alpha goat is 
they'll go in, they'll headbutt each other. I'm sure you've seen videos before of goats headbutting something. And, and uh, a lot of times, you know, the, the goats have the horns, they'll go after each other. And the goat with the strongest headbutt or the biggest horns, they tend to be the dominant goat. Sheep aren't like that. Sheep don't have this hierarchy. Sheep go in community together and they rely on a shepherd leader to lead them. Completely different. And I think it's funny that Jesus compares the unrighteous to the goats. Think about this. Goats don't like, you know, to to be told what to do. They eat whatever they want. They're kind of like a self-centered creature. Uh, If I were using this imagery, I would say, uh, you know, separating dogs from cats. You know, the dogs are on the right, the cats are on the left. Uh, You know, that's just how I feel about cats. It's just, these animals are more self-centered creatures. And so I I believe this wasn't just a passing imagery. This This was an intentional imagery to say, don't be like the goats. Be more like the sheep. Be a follower. And if you do the things that your shepherd wants you to do, you're going to be found in the right group on the right side. That is the whole idea of what Jesus is talking about when he's talking about separating the sheep from the goats. I don't know where you're at. If you're on the right or you're on the left, if you feel you're more like a sheep or you're more like a goat, But this is a sobering reality that there are people that believe with all of their heart that they are a follower of Jesus, but they're more like admirers. They're they're more like those people in Time Magazine that, that tend to admire the things of Jesus, but stop short of making Jesus their way of life. And as we just kind of conclude this idea, and I love this, I I need to be more intentional to say in conclusion, because studies show that 65% of you tune back in as soon as I said that word conclusion. Conclusion, conclusion, conclusion. Do I got your attention? Just turn to somebody in your home right now and say, in conclusion. In conclusion, this is what I want to tell you. That as we talk about this idea of following Jesus in in the weeks to come. There are certain qualities that a follower of Jesus will have. Now, if you fall short of living out these qualities, it doesn't mean you're, you're not a follower. It just means that you have to rely on the grace of God to to really get you through maybe a a moment in your life where you stumbled. But a follower of Jesus is going to be striving to make the qualities of Jesus their way of life. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at what are the defining qualities that a follower of Jesus really possesses and how might we start living those qualities out better in our lives. So as we think about that, as we get ready to end our service today and go back into a worship song, 
let me ask you a, a very sobering, maybe humbling question. This morning, are you more like a sheep or are you more like a goat? And the good news is Jesus gave us this passage to give us a warning to say, I haven't returned yet and there's still time for you to bring correction into your life. Because let me tell you, when you're a follower of Jesus, your life is gonna be changed. I, I like to say it this way, and, and a preacher that I listen to sometimes, uh, Andy Stanley said it this way, and I just love it. It says, following Jesus will make your life better, and following Jesus will make you better at life. I fully and firmly believe that, that as you follow Jesus, it doesn't mean hardship is gonna go away. It doesn't mean suffering is gonna go away. But I will tell you this, when Jesus is leading your life, the way you handle hardship and difficulty and, and trials is completely different than when you are leading your own life. And I will tell you this, that we make terrible managers for our own life. And the best decision that you can ever make is putting Jesus in charge of your life where he's leading you. He's showing you the way you ought to live your life. And when you do that, my friend, your life is gonna completely have a turnaround and it's gonna be the most amazing thing you've ever done. So would you pray with me? Fathers, we just end our time together before we move back into worship. I, I want to pray for anybody that is tuned in right now that, that this message has been maybe a wake-up call, a reality check, that their life isn't right. Maybe they're a part of the flock, but they have a hard time seeing themselves as a sheep right now. God, I pray that you would take us from being an admirer of Jesus, becoming truly a follower of Jesus. And show each of us, as we're praying, what ways that maybe we need to make an about face and, and start pursuing better and more intentionally in our lives. And while everyone is praying that, if you're listening and you would admit that you're far from God and, and you have never made a decision to become a follower of Jesus. We want to partner with you if you wanna make that decision to become a follower of Jesus today. And all we ask you to do is simply text our Atmos phone and say, I said yes. And if you do that, we will send you some follow-up material and try to get you a Bible and uh, get you in, in moving your life in the right direction. And if you wanna pray that prayer and become a follower of Jesus, I just ask you to just pray this after me. Lord, today I come before you. I thank you, Jesus, that you came to this world, you died for my sins, and you resurrected from the grave so that heaven can start living in me right now. So fill me with your Holy Spirit and allow me to submit my life before you so that you can lead me in the way I ought to go in every area of my life because I want to follow you 
in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at www.atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith? To make a donation, simply go to our website and click on the tab that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love.